With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. Quick show note before we get into today's guest. Uh, you'll notice that uh, on the feed right now, we've got uh, some commercials happening before the show starts, at the end of the show, sometimes in the middle of the show. I have joined the Blog Talk Radio Network and uh, this has given me an interesting advertising opportunity. Um, I uh, appreciate it. It's another revenue, revenue stream for Word Balloon. I hope they're not too intrusive. Um, I am going through the archive and uh, putting some uh, p- points in old uh, interviews where a commercial could go. Sometimes it might sound like it happens uh, in, in mid-thought, but uh, it's me going through the 730 sh- or so shows and uh, putting these end cues in, so uh, you're, you're going to notice that uh, you'll be you'll be finding more of those uh, in the archive as the days and weeks uh, go ahead. Bit time consuming. Again, I've got like 730 shows I've got to go through to uh, to make this happen. But moving forward, there will be more natural breaks. So if you listen to an old episode and you go, "Wow, that was kind of random that that commercial happened uh, in in mid thought." You know me, I I sometimes jump on any dead silence and immediately start talking. So it's been a little challenging finding good uh, places to put the spots in. I hope they're not that intrusive. Uh, I hope you understand that uh, it's just another way to keep Word Balloon going. And uh, I thank you for listening and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, patronizing some of these uh, sponsors. A lot of them are national ads. Um, So I don't know if they'll notice if if you're going into Burger King another time or... uh, Switching your uh, insurance to Geico because of me, but uh, it's uh, it's a great opportunity for me. And uh, so far, the the response from the audience has been positive, and more in terms of hey, congratulations that you've got this opportunity versus hey, what's with the commercials? So I'm really trying to keep them around a half hour in between spots. Um, if a show is less than a half hour, I figure well, you've got a spot at the beginning and a spot at the end of the show. I'm not going to put one in the middle. But usually around an hour or so, there might be one spot. If it's 90 minutes, you might hear two spots in the middle. And like I said, I'm trying to space them between 25 and 35 minutes between each spot. So hopefully, like I said, not too intrusive. And uh, if anything, will help benefit the show and make us go further. Uh, Joining Blog Talk, there's a lot of opportunities in terms of the way I can do the show and the way I can grow the uh, network. And as those opportunities present themselves, I will let you in on uh, what's going on. But uh, like I said, I know that this change has just happened in the last week or so. And, uh, you know, I I wasn't sure how quickly uh, spots were going to be on the shows, but boom, they're there. The pre and post spots are on the entire archive. Right now I'm going through, like I said, the other shows to uh, put spots in the middle where I feel like they're longer shows and, you know, it's okay to it's okay to do that without, in, you know, impeding uh, any enjoyment on your end. So thanks for being patient, and on to today's show. A great episode. We welcome back Jeremy Hahn, who is on a hell of a roll with uh, not only the Beauty, which is such a great series from Image, and I don't just say that because uh, Jeremy and um, Jason Hurley uh, cast me 
as one of the uh, the people in in the uh, <laughs> in the in the the story. I'm I'm the uh, I'm the big uh, police captain, but also uh, a new uh, series that Jeremy has two issues in on the realm, which is a really great post-apocalyptic real world with black magic installed. Uh, Jeremy's drawn the hell out of it, and he and Seth Peck are writing it. And I love Seth. Uh, he's another one of those uh, Kansas City guys. Uh, I always call them the Kansas City guys, and some of them are in Kansas City, but people like Jeremy aren't. Jeremy's in Joplin. But, uh, you know, I, I, I met them all uh, when uh, Jeremy and B. Claymore were uh, collaborating, and uh, their extended group of friends. And uh, Seth is certainly part of that group. I don't get to see him much because family uh, duties kind of keep him uh, grounded in uh, Kansas City, but I'm always happy to see him when I do. And really excited for them for this uh, great new series, The Realm, another great image series. And uh, Jeremy will tell you about it, and we'll catch up on the beauty and uh, get into some other great conversation as well. Jeremy Hahn, in a very uh, unique setting, and I'll tell you about that once we get into the interview. But uh, Jeremy Hahn today on Word Balloon. Word Balloon is brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you, League, for your support and what you do in terms of uh, keeping Word Balloon going through your subscriptions via Patreon. Uh, much appreciated, and uh, dividends are uh, paying off, and you'll hear those dividends in the guests that are coming in the days and weeks ahead. Really excited about some of the guests that are coming up uh, soon on Word Balloon, not only here in October, but also in November and going through the end of the year and on to next year. But uh, if you want to subscribe to Word Balloon, you can do that via Patreon, and uh, it's uh, patreon.com slash wordballoon, or you can click on the front page of wordballoon.com and uh, there's a Patreon ad there that will take you to the Word Balloon site. If you can, if you think Word Balloon is worth your while, is it uh, doing what, uh, you know, is it is it uh, worth uh, the price of a comic book each month? If you think so uh, and can afford it, I appreciate it. That's great. So thank you very much, League of Word Balloon listeners, for your continued support. Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. There are great books on sale this week from InStock Trades. And, uh, man, let's uh, throw back to a great run of Justice League of America, JLA, The Midsummer's Nightmare. And this is Mark Wade and Fabian Nicieza and Jeff Johnson and Derek Robertson and Kevin McGuire. And um, this was the prelude to um, Grant Morrison's run. But uh, it's got the classic lineup. Uh, It's Aquaman when he still had a hook for a hand and when Superman still had long flowing hair. But it's pretty neat stuff. It's 50% off, just $12.49. You can get uh, Ben Riley, Scarlet, Spy- Scarlet Spider, back in the hood. Peter David and Mark Bagley. Uh, ben Riley is back, and uh, it uh, starts off the uh, current run. Pretty neat stuff. It's 128 pages and 50% off. It's just $7.99. You can also get The Goddamned. Man, what a series. Uh, this is the oversized edition. R.M. Guerra, Jason Aaron, what a beautiful set. And uh, this is the first arc, and uh, this is the Bible uh, raw, and it's pretty amazing. And, and man, I'm such a fan of uh, Guerra's uh, beautiful art, and, of course, Jason's amazing writing. And this is really very exciting. This is book one, Before the Flood, 42% off. It's just $11.59. You can also get Doctor Strange, Trade Paperback, Volume 3, uh, Blood in the Aether, and this is uh, Jason Aaron, Kevin Nolo, Chris Pachalo, uh, The Aftermath of the Last Days of Magic. And uh, it uh, goes back to uh, Dr. Strange's origin, how he became the Sorcerer Supreme. 
and how we launched it all. This is 136 pages, 45% off. It's $10.99. Jason had just a great run on Doctor Strange. I'm telling you. Invincible Iron Man Volume 3. This is uh, the Civil War 2 arc. And uh, this is when things get pretty tough as, uh, you know, leading up to uh, Tony's fall and uh, the rise of Victor Von Doom as uh, the uh, irredeemable Iron Man. I forget which uh, adjective. Uh, irrepressible Iron Man? I'm not sure. But it's Brian Bendis and uh, Mike Diodato doing some uh, great Tony Stark storytelling. 144 pages. 45% off. It's just $8.79 at InStockTrades.com. Check out these great deals at great prices. InStockTrades.com. All right. Uh, I take you back uh, about a month ago. It was right before uh, New York Comic Con, and it was a beautiful Sunday afternoon, one of our uh, last bits of warm weekends here in Chicago. But uh, you, we are on the lakefront, or the Riverwalk, actually. Uh, the Chicago River, beautiful downtown. J- uh, Jeremy was in town doing uh, some signings and was like, hey, man, let's, uh, let's have brunch. So uh, I, I, took, I picked myself up after uh, an overnight uh, traffic uh, radio uh, shift and uh, met Jeremy for, for brunch. And uh, he's like, let's, uh, let's do this outside. And I'm like, good idea, man. It's beautiful out. And right on the river walk, man, we just uh, sat down. You can hear the lapping of the river in the, uh, in the uh, background. But you'll be surprised at how great the sound is as Jeremy and I talk about the realm and the beauty. Here's Jeremy Hahn on Word Balloon. An unusual setting for uh, today's Word Balloon because uh, I'm here uh, right on the banks of the Chicago River, uh, part of the Riverwalk. Uh, it's uh, very scenic, and you might have seen it in such films as Nothing in Common, where Jackie Gleason is kind of thinking to himself as he's on one of those riverboat ar- ar- architectural tours of uh, the city. But uh, it's, uh, it's good timing because I'm here with my buddy Jeremy Hahn. Welcome back to Word Balloon, dude. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, the Realm, you and Seth Peck. Tell me about uh, the genesis of uh, this new uh, project. Um, well, I've been working for Image Comics for a couple of years now on the beauty, and it's been a fantastic experience. Um, but I knew that I wanted to get into something new, you know, something that pushed my boundaries a little bit more artistically. While I'm still writing the beauty with, with Jason Hurley um, and doing the covers for the book, I just wanted to do some interiors on something crazy, something that, you know, I, I end up drawing a lot of books that are, uh, you know, crime or horror, that sort of thing. And I, I wanted to do something that kind of scared me a little bit, you know, something that, that allowed me to do whatever I wanted to do the way I wanted to do it. And uh, so I wanted to do this fantasy thing. And, uh, yeah, we just got going on it. Post-apocalyptic setting. Give us the ten-cent tour on the realm. You, you, you know what? How would you push it? Yeah, basically. Uh, how are you pushing? It? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, you know, basically say that it's The Walking Dead for the D and D crowd. So, you know, it's a, uh, it's Mad Max meets Lord of the Rings. It's um, this, you know, our world as it is now. Suddenly, these spires blip into existence, and instead of an alien invasion or a zombie apocalypse, the thing that we lose to are all of these dragons and orcs and all of those things, and uh, we're just trying to survive in the story. And the setting, uh, I'm glad we're here on the Riverwalk because uh, Chicago plays a big part in the story. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it starts out in Chicago. You know, it's a road story. Uh, they're going to be traveling a lot, but it's always going to come back to Chicago in a lot of ways. Uh, when we started working on the project, we were talking about where to set it, and uh, I was here for C2E2 at the time, and I was texting back and forth with Seth, and I was like, I know we talked about 
you know, St. Louis or something like that. But like, what if, what about Chicago? It's got such beautiful architecture and it, it's such a great city. Why not mess it up with this post-apocalyptic vista? And uh, he was all in, so we we went with it. First issue, you could see a lot of Chicago landmarks, especially if you're uh, a native of Chicago. And, uh, of course, one in particular, an infamous building that has a certain name on the front of it that reflects uh, the occupant of the Oval Office currently. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not there in this world uh, because... um in uh, in the world of the realm, these these spires, they kind of shift into existence in in place, you know, in cities, in places, and the Chicago spire just happened to land on top of Trump Tower. <laughs> so uh, in the in the big opening shot, the big vista uh, where this uh, landmark is, it's now in this the great source of evil. <laughs> Gee. I don't know. I don't know if people would be used to thinking of that landmark as a great source of evil, but that's you know that's okay. You're in town because uh, you're in the midst of a, a big tour for the realm. Yeah, yeah. This is. I am actually in the last leg of this tour now. Uh, I've I started out. Um, you know, Image has been talking a lot about doing. Um, you know various tours for creators uh ryan brown and charles soul did one recently for their great book curse words and they had a hell of a lot of fun on it i mean i I, they're tiring these these tours and everything but any chance that you get to get in front of your audience to go and 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 meet people all over the united states and in these shops i i really just i had to take it personally I, i i wanted to do it uh unlike charles and and ryan i um I, I can't do a massive van tour, so I'm flying to all the... I'm cheating a little <laughs> bit. But we started out in uh, Portland at Rose City Comic Con, and then we went to L.A., and that was a... We were, I was in L.A. at Golden Apple Comics on the day that it came out, uh, which was really exciting. It was a good, good time there. And then for some crazy reason. I jumped all the way across the United States to Allentown, Pennsylvania to Beachhead Comics. Uh, they're a new shop starting out, and it was the grand opening. Oh, cool. And uh, that was that was excellent to get to... You know, I, doing these tours, I'm getting to experience all sorts of different shops. A lot of big shops, but like like Beachhead in Allentown, it's, you know, it's a small shop, and, and um, you know, it, they're, they're just starting out, but they have a lot of love for, for my work in the realm, and, and they were very, very excited to do it. Uh, so, yeah, from, from Beachhead, I went to, uh, I got to go home for a couple days, which was very nice. You know, I have an 8-year-old and a 12-year-old. My boys were very, very happy to see me for oh, a little sure. while. It was nice. We just kind of hung out. I, I needed some downtime. But um, then I went to Kansas City to Elite Comics. Uh, uh, Joplin, where I live, it's about... Um, you know, two hours from Kansas City. Okay. Seth lives in Kansas City, so we wanted to do something extra special for that and do like a hometown kind of thing. So uh, we visited Elite in Kansas City, and then uh, I hopped back on a plane and flew to uh, Bedrock City. Um, there's two shops in Houston, and uh, luckily they were not too terribly affected by all the, the flooding down there. I was really... I was really pretty worried whenever I found out, sure. you know, because we'd already agreed to do the big, the big tour and everything, and had that on, you know, set on the schedule, and then the hurricane hit down there, and I was, you know, terribly concerned for them. Uh, but, but they came through fine, and I got to visit uh, two shops while I was there, and then uh, from there I went to um, 
I flew uh, to Annapolis to uh, Third Eye Comics, which... You know, everybody has a list of their top five comic shops that they would always love to attend. And I think Third Eye ends up on that for most of us, you know. Oh, cool. It's such a good shop. And, yeah, I've never been. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, Steve, the, the owner, he's a great guy. But he just has a real understanding about the market and about what works and what doesn't. And he's kind of visionary in the way that he looks at books from Image and really got behind the realm in a big way and supported it. Uh, and then this stop, I, I've ended up in, uh, you know, in Chicago at, and, um, you know, went to Challengers here in Chicago. You gotta go, you gotta come to Challengers and visit Patrick when you're in town. Absolutely. Uh, I, friend I, of the program. Yeah. Candel. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I love, I love the shop. Once again, Patrick's another visionary, uh, shop owner. You know, he really understands how, how the industry's working, what, what it needs right now, um, you know, I, I love getting to go in and, as much as anything, just hang out and talk shop with them. So It's been good. Smart guys. Absolutely, man. Both of those guys. And I agree. That when I, you know, when uh, people get their uh, feather up about, or their fur up about, well, both feather and fur, about the uh, variant covers, the lenticular covers that Marvel's doing, the hip-hop cover uh, controversy, things like that. Yeah, I went to them, and, I'm, and they're a great barometer in terms of being a big store. Uh, well, you know, I don't know if you would consider them a big store or not, but a prominent store, at least from a Chicago standpoint, they and Chicago Comics, I think, are really the two top stores in the city proper, uh, not taking nothing away from the other great stores in the city. But yeah, I, I just always get like a really good, as an independent store versus a chain, you know, are you are you buying into this incentive program? Are you not? Why aren't you? Why are you? And yeah, they're, they're great that way. Well, you know, it's, it's a hard time for comics. I mean, um, you know... We're all trying to figure this out. Everybody is trying to survive, whether it's Marvel or DC or Image. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to buy into the the view that comics are dying. I just think that we need to figure out how to make it better. You know. Well, yeah, you got to adapt. You just have to adapt to whatever the current uh, status quo is. Because I agree with you, it's not dying. And I, you know, there was a guy that and I'm not even going to name him, but he was really he was trying to do a Kickstarter for a documentary, and he's like, I've got to save comics. And I'm like, from what? And he's like, well, you know, it's not, it's not what it used to be. I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't see the market the way you do. It may have to change, and certainly the influence of TV and films aren't, aren't having as much of a direct p- impact on everything as I think a lot of uh, the comic companies would hope. But all that said... Some of the reasons why it's a tough time in comics is there's so many great books, and it's hard to for a book to stand out. Well, I feel like that, um, you know, right now we talk a lot about, you know, uh, being in the golden age of television. We really are. Absolutely. But in a lot of ways, I feel like we're kind of in a new golden age of comics, too. Agreed. It's hard. It's a hard market right now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to deny that it's a pretty uh, flooded market to a degree. I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot of stuff coming out. But a lot of it's really, really good. Some of it's the best stuff coming out in decades. Agreed. And, um, you know, you, you, have to, you have to just understand that, like... Like, there's going to be good stuff, there's going to be great stuff, and there's going to be some not great stuff. And, and a lot of it's coming out right now. But, I mean, you know, Marvel's doing some really exciting things right now. DC is doing better than it has in forever. I Agreed. mean, you know, um, I think it's an incredibly exciting time for DC. You know, uh, no, it, Rebirth has been for the, the year and a half that it's existed 
it's lived up to the hype. Well, and I, yeah, and I mean, look, right now, uh, you know, Marvel's on the verge of their of their new thing. We'll see with Legacy. Yeah, Legacy's yeah. just getting started as we're yeah, recording yeah. this. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we were just talking about it earlier, and you know, I'm, I mean, obviously Jason Aaron, you know, being as involved as he, you know, he, I mean, he's a horrible human being, but he's, but he's, <laughs> <laughs> but he's, uh, but he's a damn good writer. We uh, love Jason. Yeah, of course we. Uh, you know, but. I, I think that it's an exciting time for Marvel and DC right now, and and it's been an exciting time for Image, and that's just continuing. Um, I mean, the response to the realm, I think it was what people were looking for right now. I'm I'm, I'm completely blown away by it. Uh, yeah, first issue sold out completely. That's wonderful. Yeah, it was crazy. I you know we set out on this tour, and I, I didn't you know I didn't know. I mean we did we we knew that it it was doing. Pretty well. We knew that there was some anticipation for it. We knew that people were looking at it, thinking, you know, that like, hey, this, you know, this is going to hit pretty well. But we had no idea. And um, I was uh, the Tuesday before I was in LA, and I started getting messages saying, "Is is the book sold out?" And I was, I was like, "Why? Well, why would it be sold out oh, from from potential readers? From, uh, well, for, from readers and from a few people I knew at shops." Go on. Um, and um, and then the next day I was at uh, you know I was at Golden Apple in LA and we're sitting there and, and you know there was there was a good line for, for you know coming in and everything like that but it you know wasn't wasn't insane or anything and as the day progressed I kept getting text messages and notifications like the books sold out the books you know uh, and I was blown away. There was no way to plan for that. Um, you know, we we had we had a, a you know could could it have sold more? You know, could we've had more pre-orders? Sure, but I don't think stores know anymore. And I think a lot of stores, you know, um, both Patrick at at Challengers and Steve at Third Eye. I know that they ordered heavy on the book, and. Both of those stores were sold out in no time. That's fantastic. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful for it, and and you know, pretty pretty shocked. But it's uh, awesome. Yeah. To address that, um, you were telling me that for the tour, you've got a variant that is literally for the tour only. Correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've got I've got. A couple of variants, uh, but we did a, a tour exclusive variant, which is only available from the shops on the tour. So yeah, what's left as far as the tour? Uh, right now, we have um, we're going to Laughing Ogre, or I'm I'm, I'm going to Laughing Ogre. Uh, I'm going to Laughing Ogre um, uh, Wednesday. That's in New York. That's no Laughing Ogre is in Ohio. This coming once. Oh, so so after New York Comic Con. Okay, I'm messing up this thing. You're gonna have to forgive me. That's okay, man. Uh, He's on the tour, so it's okay. okay. It's yeah. I, I seriously don't know what day of the week it is. So even. as we're recording, we are going into the week of New York Comic Con, yeah. which is Thursday the fifth. Okay. Yes. So there. You, there. You, good. Good job giving me context for this, John. I, I like I said. I I kind of thought that it was Sunday today, so you'll have to forgive me. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's Thursday, by the way. Uh, yeah. So okay. Next up is Laughing Ogre. And that's going to be on Saturday, um, this Saturday. So this coming Saturday. Yes, yeah, I'm doing that. And then I'm at Aya Comics uh, in upstate New York 
on we- next Wednesday. Okay. Following that, on the weekend, I'm going to be at New York Comic Con. Okay. Uh, doing, you know, doing the whole the whole sh- shebang, and then uh, we finish up the tour at in Joplin back at a uh, back at Hurley's Heroes. So. And again, Laughing Ogres in what city? Ohio. Ohio. All right, it's in Ohio. Okay, I, I, I think it's in the city of Ohio. I, I, I feel terrible. Maybe it's a, no. It's yeah. Don't worry, bud. It's all right. <laughs> and we know why. Yeah, comics, of course, in Harrison, New York. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, Laughing Ogre is another one of those shops that I'm really excited to attend. Awesome. Even though I apparently don't know which damn city it's in. Uh, Where are you going to be at Joplin? Uh, at Hurley's Heroes. At a boy. Does he has a physical store now? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, no. Uh, he probably has for a couple years and yeah, I forgot. He's been doing really well. We, uh, you know... The Hurley brothers, uh, they're, they're very good friends of mine. You know, obviously I do, I write, co-write the beauty with Jason Hurley. Um, uh, you know, they've been retailers for years, and Hurley writes comics, too. Um, we all call him Hurley, but his name is Jason, so yeah. it's really confusing. Yeah, but we'll, we'll call him Hurley for the purposes yeah, of it, because yeah. I think even when I've re- interviewed you guys, I usually call him Hurley. Yeah. So that's all right. Um, but, you know, the shop's great, and it's doing really well, and Terrific. I'm excited to get home. It's been a, it's, sure, man. It's, it's been a long tour. Um, but those tour variants that we did, you know, I, I tangented so much, I apologize. Well, I want to know, I want to let people know where they could possibly get it, sure. you know, should they hear it before you're at one of these stores. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, honestly, there aren't a lot left. I mean, basically, I told the shops, hey, you can get as many as, as you want. We'll print to order. And uh, we printed 300 of them. And uh, yeah, you know, there's there's definitely going to be some uh, at Laughing Ogre, some at All Yeah, um, some at Hurley's. I, I don't know how many extras I'm going to have for New York Comic Con. Hopefully I'll have some, but you know, we'll see. They're going fast. And then I did this thing, um, the secret variant, which has been a remarkable hit. Um Another limited edition print run, but it's in a brown paper bag. And my thing about it is, you know, don't spoil what what it is inside. But it's probably my favorite cover that I've done. It's it's pretty great. But uh, I'm the only way that you can get those is from me physically at a signing or at a convention. Wow. I don't, I don't sell them online. I don't. I, I, I you know, honest to be honest with you. I would love to make everybody happy and help them out. I've been getting a lot of, hey, buddy, emails, uh, and I feel terrible that I can't do it, but I also made the rules, and that's how it's going to be, because I, I, it's about interaction. Sure. And, you know, I feel, I feel badly that I can't hit shops in Florida. I can't, you know, I, I can't do, uh, you know, shops in, in uh, San Francisco. I, I had, we only had so many stops on this tour that we could do. Uh, I was in Portland at, at Rose City Comic Con. I'm going to be at New York Comic Con. People can get them from me. But, um, you know, I, I, I really, I can't, you know, just send them out. To, I want to make sure that people, I have enough for people to come and get them from me in person. And ultimately, I would like to have a few, at least by the time I get back to Joplin, you know, for the for my local folks that, that sure. are waiting patiently for them. I uh, kind of feel badly, you know. It's always like the later in the tour that things get, the fewer and fewer copies sure. of things you have. That's a good problem to have. No, it's, it's you know, <laughs> I, again, I, 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 I am so grateful for all of this. There's no way that we could have planned to have a book that's been this much of a hit and that people have wanted this much. You know, you always try to, you know, over, you know, go over a little bit what you hope to do. And I think that with this book, We've gone beyond what we hope to do into what we could only dream of doing. 
and that kind of support means the world to me. That's awesome, man. No, and I honestly, uh, it's great that you, as an artist, can generate that kind of special product, and uh, and really like make it make it worth the while of, of coming to a signing and getting something from you. And hell, man, well, you know, if things go well, you know, next year maybe another tour and a different variant and stuff, and you know, follow the pattern. Yeah, well, I mean, um, I know that we've already talked with a couple shops um, about the trade. Uh, you know. Um, we maybe a book plate for the trade. Well, or you know, Image does these cool uh, variant covers for trades too. I didn't realize that. Yeah, That's yeah, it's kind of awesome. They they do wow. they do store variant trades, and so we did one for. Um, actually, we did we did a couple. We did three. We did one for, for uh, yeah for the beauty for the trades. We did um, one for Comic Cave, one for Hurley's Heroes, and then one for Six City Comics. I think it is. Um, you know, and and it's fun. I mean, it's you know, it's it's a dedicated number that a shop's doing, but you know, uh, it's it's kind of an extra cool thing that they can do if they really yeah. want to support the project. And we've already talked, you know, talked to Third Eye in a couple of places about doing them for the realm. Excellent. And and if you know, if we do those, and if we, you know, I mean, it would be fun to do another tour. I it, it takes a lot out of me. It's a lot of work. Sure. I. Uh, you know, I miss being at home. I, I, you know, I sleep pretty well in hotel rooms, but I've been on the road for nearly a month now, and uh, I wouldn't trade the interaction with fans and with shop owners for the world. But you know, it's a it's a whole thing. Absolutely, man. No, the boys are at a good age right now, and you want to be there for those moments. You, your lovely wife Lori, and everything. Your partner in crime. I, I think uh, seriously, I I love that as well. That you guys are so organized. That Lori really is like a, a, a legitimate part of the business and everything, and is is important with what you're doing on the business end of your comics. Well, you know. I, we kind of joke sometimes about comics that that really there's very little business in comics. There's not a lot of not a lot of business. There's not a lot of marketing. Sometimes, I mean, you know, granted we are all a bunch of creatives. We like making things, but you know, it, you got to sell them. You got to you got to look. Want to make business. money? Yeah, yeah. And, and and Lori's fantastic at that. She's she's definitely worked very very hard to keep the show on. You know. Keep, keep things running on time, um, you know. And, and I think that part of that is just, you know, she's um, right now she's had to step back a little bit from going with me to as many things. I know she wanted to come on this tour with me, but she's now the uh, executive director of our downtown organization in Joplin, and, and her job is t- she's taken a lot of work. It's it's become very busy there, but you know we still work together on. I help her with that stuff. She helps me with with my books and everything like that. It's a it's a pretty good way to do things. That's awesome, man. You know, I and thinking of that, I remember how important she was kind of keeping the cl- the trains running on time for bad karma. Yeah. And okay. uh, you know, and forgive me, like do you think you guys will get back to that stuff eventually or you're not sure? Or? Um, I mean, one of the things that a project like that, the tricks of it you really have to have a dedicated amount of time. Um we're doing, we, you know, we're doing pretty well, uh, all of us right now. Yeah, everybody's kind of busy with yeah, their own stuff right now. Yeah, we're pretty busy guys. Um, I think we all love to. Uh, the trick really is just finding the extra time. Sure. Because it is a dedicated amount of time. And, and even the organizational work that Lori did on that project, you know, um, it's a lot of man hours. So hopefully 
I hear you. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, we are now. One interesting thing about it is there are certain themes that we set up in Bad Karma that Seth and I kind of play with. Uh, there's there's little things that you're probably going to see pop up in um, in the realm that kind of are based out of the stuff from Bad Karma. Okay. okay. It's just little nods here and there, little things. But uh, I like the idea that. All of these universes are kind of connected loosely in a I hear you. Stephen King sort of way. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Now, um, I should ask, too, back, back to the realm, um, do you have an idea of how many issues you want this to be? Uh, it's definitely an ongoing. Um, I, you know, um, creator-owned books right now uh, are, are, you know, going back to the industry is not dying thing that we were talking about. Uh, but it's it's tricky. Um, these things, you know, we work hard to produce them. Uh, we've been very fortunate with, with this first issue. Uh, we had, we just got the numbers for issue two on the realm, and they, they people ordered more copies of number two than they did on number one. Excellent. Which Fantastic. Is, it's, it's a rarity. I mean, Absolutely, honestly, yeah. You usually expect that drop-off yeah. immediately, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, and that... I kind of, I always open that, you know, that, that email and kind of wince a little bit to see how, you know, how much, how many copies we've lost, how, how numbers have gone down on a book. Um, so I opened the, the file. I winced to find that they've gone up, you know, that we, we sold more and it's, it's fantastic. Um, but, um, while I, I, I want to do this book until the wheels fall off. Basically I'm there. Um, we have content that we could probably do 10 or more trades worth of stuff. Wow. I mean, I, I could easily work on this for, you know, five, seven, ten years, whatever it is. It's, it's a long form story. Um, that with that though, it's, you know, I mean, obviously if people are interested, you know, if people, well, yeah, um, you know, I, I completely understand trade waiting. I do. I get it. You know, uh, there's a lot coming out. There's a lot of expectation. Um, you know, trades are, you know, it's nice to just have that all in one sitting. But uh, right now, you know, trades trades come out because books sell well enough to warrant them. And, you know, and... I don't, don't want to sound too greedy about expecting to make a living and feed my kids or anything like that. But, you know, we, you know, as long as a book is, is financially viable um, to make in singles, then we can do pretty well and create our own books. You know, we can we can make a living, and, and that's very nice. And I, I love the idea of only working on creator-owned books for the rest of my career. I love the idea. I mean, frankly, if, if Seth and I can do it, I want to tell the realm for, you know, the next decade of my life, longer, whatever it is. We have the stories to tell. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty big world, and it's, there's a lot of stuff that we can explore. It's, uh, we've got a good group of characters that we want to follow. Um, you know, but that just depends on how the book goes. You know, I, I also just wonder, because sometimes with a lot of image books, you know, yeah, it's... Uh, you're going to have to obviously make every story arc count. And uh, because, you know, I, I mean, I've had this conversation with like Nick Spencer with Morning Glories, uh, you know, even even uh, Tim Celia Norton with uh, with Revival and stuff, because 
uh, because of the competition and stuff, yeah, it's going to be, you know, a matter of making every arc count and then, you know, making people really feel like they're getting a payoff and they're getting somewhere with the story. So, yeah, I mean, it's that balance of telling the long story, but also, you know, making these arcs significant as well. Well, I think that you have to, you, you have to keep that in mind. And I think that you have to understand when you're making these things that it is a serialized medium. You have to keep it interesting. You have to, you know, uh, leave them wanting more, leave them wanting more. And I think that, you know, I like a hook. I mean, I, yeah. I, I enjoy, I enjoy a nice hook. I enjoy a story that, that you know, the best comics, you know, you get, you get a story that is a beginning, a middle, and an end within each arc. But then there's an overarching thing beyond that. I, you know, uh, I mean. There's no denying that probably the best model for it is The Walking Dead, right? Sure. You can look at The Walking Dead and you can see each each sing, each trade tells its own story. And then there's trying to survive in this world. And there's a lot of similarities in, in the type of story that we've got in the realm uh, and Walking Dead. I mean, I think that maybe things are a little crazier in the realm in the way that, you know people might get eaten by dragons or whatever but um but um instead of zombies so i guess maybe it's not that weird but um (laughs) but you know um it's it's that you know high fantasy in the way that like we can tell a story about people but then you've got wizards and you've got crazy things going on and and you know the first arc we kind of meet the group meet the the party of adventurers and they get together and they go through their their first real trial together and each story is just going to build on that you know we're going to meet new people and see new places see cities of you know survivors trying to you know trying to uh make it through this crazy world and and um you know we're gonna uh, we're talking about you know giant like frost giants that are that have made a made thrones out of buildings and you know uh you know hordes of dragons living in in you know uh in old malls and very you know various things as we go uh, and we can examine all that and tell good character stories at the same time do you see because it does have that fantasy backdrop um are you thinking about doing any sort of role-playing games and tying into that uh world as well with these uh, with that as the backdrop i i love the that idea we've talked about it several times um uh we you know seth and i were, were big fans of dungeons and dragons and uh, board games and all that stuff sure. whenever we were kids and doing the book because we ended up pulling out old monster manuals and various things we both started playing uh, role-playing games and board games again uh seth is more obsessive about it even than I am. He <laughs> he has a, an overflowing closet filled with board games right now, and it's just insane. I mean, it's got you know Cthulhu Wars and uh, uh, you know uh, all of the cool mini or not games, and and you know just all these amazing things. He does tons of Kickstarters. Um, I I found myself buying a lot of them too. We both started. Uh, I'm playing a Pathfinder game right now. Uh, I think I can't remember if he's playing Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder, but you know we're both doing a lot of this stuff as we go, and we find ourselves talking a lot about the idea of a board game. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows anybody at, at uh, Cool TSR. Yeah, well, or, or, <laughs> TSR exists anyway. Uh, that's, that's all. That's all. Uh, like uh, Wizards of the Coast now. But, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> you know, uh, honestly, like. 
uh, right. Our, our dream thing would be a like Zombicide or Massive Darkness style board game with all the little miniatures. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cool mini or not, they're they're the ones that do kind of. They're the like we love those games. They're sure. they're pretty much the, the biggest thing out there right now. Uh, I just spent way way too much money on their last Kickstarter thing that they did, uh, but. We, you know, we love those, and, and the idea of the possibility of having a a realm version of that sort of thing, we're we're all in on that. We would love it. It's a lot of fun. Let's take a break here from our conversation with Jeremy Hahn. We'll come back in a second on Word Balloon. Back to our Riverwalk conversation with Jeremy Hahn on today's Word Balloon. Let's uh, transition to the beauty, okay. because I'm a I'm a supporting character in the, the yeah, beauty. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so I, I I have more hair than my uh, counterpart though. Yeah yeah. Well you know but and you you know we we wanted to not make you quite as dashingly handsome in that because you know <laughs> we, we didn't take want, away from the well, story. Well yeah we didn't want everybody I might be a victim of the beauty. We didn't if want that everybody thinking that you were that you were the beauty you know a beauty in it. Sure. So sure. yeah, you got to clarify that a little bit. Yeah. So that you know um. Where, where are you in the story right now? You, how many arcs in? Because you just wrapped up the third arc, I want to say? Uh, yeah, the third trade just came out. We are in the fourth arc now. Uh, we're actually, it's, it should be hitting late this month, early next month, uh, the, new, the new arc. Uh, the issues, beginning of the new arc. Okay. The beginning of the new arc. Uh, it starts with number 17, which is crazy that we, our little, you know, uh, happy-go-lucky STD book, um, you know, made, made has made it 17 issues. But... Uh, Matthew Dow, Matt Dow Smith. Sure. Um, you know, I love his stuff. He's, oh, beautiful artist. Man. Yeah, he's drawing issue 17. Fantastic. Uh, and uh, we um, we revisit uh, Calaveras, the, the villain from the first arc. Uh, it's just kind of a story that takes place before that first arc, and we kind of get to see him being a horrible human being like he is. Let's uh, learn a little bit about his character and kind of maybe... But there is a tiny glimpse of humanity in there amongst the monster. Um, so that's that's going to be a one-off issue. Okay. Issue 17. And then um, uh, the next bit, 18 through 21, uh, we... Uh, Thomas Natchlick is our um, artist on that. And he drew the last arc. Uh, he drew the last bit of the beauty for us. Uh, the... the uh, the narcissist story, and um, we really loved having him on. He's a he's a German guy, and uh, I love a talent, and he's just easy to work with. You know, he's he's really made time to do the book, and, and has really worked very very hard on it. And I, I loved. I love seeing the the growth that he's had as an artist, you know, between the previous four issues and even where he is now. He's he's really doing some amazing things. Um, so we're excited to have him on that that arc. Actually, you'll appreciate this. That arc is about a podcaster. Hey now, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, we uh, we we kind of love the idea of some of these. Um, some of these investigative investigative podcasts that true crime yeah, stuff like yeah, that yeah um, serial things like yeah, that yeah, actually serial is kind of the one that that we really sort of based the the idea on um, you know that that first story 
was captivating. It was absolutely it was the best thing I think that any of us, you know, had ever had ever you know seen. I mean, it, it really groundbreaking revo- podcast. Well, it revolutionized the medium. Absolutely. And um, then the second arc wasn't very good. Right. And I think that sophomore slump. It well happens in music, happens in comics, happens ab- in podcasts. Absolutely. Well, and I think that you know. One of the things that people probably don't often think about with that is they had a long time to develop the first arc. They they found the right thing and then built a podcast around it. Um, it's a compelling story. And then the second one wasn't that, but, but they needed they needed something sure. for that second arc. I'm very curious what you know what else they're going to do. But um, we wanted to do a story about. A podcaster, uh, podcast team. That's a podcaster and his producer, producing partner. That um, they are they investigating the the STD basically. Yeah, basically, there's something about the uh, the STD that they they kind of get involved in. Uh, there's it, there's a, a big pharma aspect of it. You know, some whistleblowing kind of sure, stuff. Sure, sure. Is it an audio podcast or a video podcast? Uh, it's an audio podcast. Okay, yeah, on. yeah. It's just right up your alley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, and uh, they they get involved in it, and then in true beauty fashion, things get a little crazy. But uh, yeah, we I don't know we. With the beauty, we always want to examine things that interest us. Uh, I love the idea of uh, talking about podcasts. It's pretty topical, um, especially given, you know, like I said, how much we love cereal and, and all of that. Uh, a lot of, you know, we also you know, wanted to look at the the kind of big pharma aspect of it, you know. Uh, is it Scarelli? Is that his name? The oh, pharma yeah. bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy that uh, jacked up the price of the EpiPen yeah, yeah. from like you know fifty bucks to like you know seven hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah. Who just Martin uh, Martin Martin Screll. Martin Screll, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, you know, we we all saw that and we just realized you know exactly how you know he's a Lex Luthor of our time. Oh he, well, that's giving him too much. That's he's a little, <laughs> a little weasel is what he is. Yeah, but, totally. But you know, I, I mean, and and you know, I, I recently saw there's a documentary about him. Uh, talking with him about why he did a little bit of that, and I think he looks at himself more as a Robin Hood than maybe a Lex Luthor. But I, I, I really, I don't know. I, it, it exposes a lot of the issues with our, our you know, medical system, uh, pharmaceutical. You know, I mean, we people are overpaying for things that they need to survive. People need medication for AIDS treatment. They need medication to keep you know diabetes in check. They and you know children that need you know uh, you know inhalers and various things and, and the costs are through the roof on those um, you know in our little funny book we can't you know we obviously are telling a, a, a story but I wanted just to take a look at some of that and, and you know deal with it how we could well it's great to hear what's going on with the beauty because obviously you're uh, Jerry you've uh, been very kind in terms of our Downtime when we're hanging out, and you've shared some of your ideas with me. And honestly, I put you in that same category as our mutual friends like Rick Remender and Clay Moore and others that have good, high concept ideas, and you're able to translate them into entertaining comics. And I think uh, I'm, I'm very happy with uh, the success you're finding in the creator owned market, not only as an artist, but obviously as a writer as well. Should you ever want to 
Uh, and, and, and would you, do you think down the road you might try and pursue writing for the big two? Because as you said, you're very comfortable right now in the creator-owned world. And, and I'm glad because you're, you obviously have more control of your destiny. There aren't as many people to say no. Right. And I, you know, I just talked to Fraction about that and just on his own. You know, said, "Hey, it's really nice to be able to write something, and not have to worry about a big corporate structure is telling you, well, no, we don't want to use the character in that way.' But you really haven't had that opportunity yet to really write for the big two. Is that something you see yourself still wanting to do?" Right as I was leaving um, DC, you know, I had that great run on Batwoman, and then Drew some Constantine in there. Uh, I had the opportunity to write one of their uh, little origin story pieces and I got to write the Batwoman piece um, it was a lot of fun it really was uh, I don't know I, you know maybe, maybe this is naivete on my part um, maybe it's just that I'm not reaching out enough I guess but I I don't know if I'm even on that radar. Uh, well, yeah, and obviously you'd have to let someone know that you're interested in that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, and also, like, the bad office has certainly changed since you were working for them. Right. But, yeah, I didn't know if, you know, that, like I said, if, if is that something even, you know, again, you'd probably have to start that fire yourself, probably. Right. But, yeah, I don't know if that'd be something you'd be interested in doing or not. I, you know, I, I enjoy telling stories. Um... My stories, my own stories, are probably the most, you know, the most enjoyable to tell. I was, the other day I was having a conversation about um, kind of where things have gone recently with the big two. With um, You're seeing some real innovative stuff happening right now, not just rehashing of kind of what's come before. Because I think it's very hard. Like, look, we have, we have, what, uh, 60 years of, of real like a lot of mass you know fantastic stories in comics I mean there's 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 well 70 for DC and about you know 50 plus for Marvel so yeah somewhere in between there yeah. if you count the big two right right um, but every story that's been told has been told kind of in a lot of ways so figuring out how to restructure things and do new things and have fun and still stay true to characters I mean you know like do I want to read, you know, the Batman story that I want to tell? I want to tell a story about the detective Batman. You know, I want to tell a story about about the Batman I love. Um, how do I do that in a way that's kind of got a new spin? I think I could do it. But, uh, you know, I... Yes, to answer your question, I, re- I think I would like to do, you know, a, a little stick and jab here and there kind of thing. Um, do, I, do I see myself completely, you know, stepping in and, and working my way up the rung to try to consistently write for the big two? Probably not. Um, but I love those characters, you know. I, I've, I've said several times that, you know, if I could come back and, you know, do a short couple issue run on a bat book, uh, writing and drawing it, you know, I, I would. And, and, and I, you know, I stand by that. I, I think that there are definitely characters in, at both companies that I would like to take a stab at. Um, I think I could do a good job at it. It's interesting because I remember years ago talking about this with Phil Hester, and I love his phrase because he was talking to our another one of our mutual friends, Giantitz, about all this, and he said, "Let's stop chasing Batgirl, let's do our own thing." Right. And obviously that that is what you're currently doing and stuff. And it's it's fun to hear the people that 
are done with that. Like I said, Fraction is a classic example of that. Uh, that you know has done his time and really has. Uh, it seems like, based on my last conversation with him, that he's really not interested in going back to that realm. I'm hearing rumors that Hickman might be thinking about going to DC and doing something. That'll be interesting if that if that pans out or not. Um, yeah, I'm just I I am curious about that. And like, or another example would be like you know, uh, Fraction and Zdarsky doing so well on Six Criminals, and suddenly Marvel recognizing what Chip, what Chip can do as a writer. Right. And now he's getting his opportunities. And it's again that's it, that interesting contrast. They're both working on Sex Criminals. Matt's totally done with the big two, and Chip's like, hey, I'm finally getting a chance. So you know, it's it's fun to play with the toys. And then obviously, it sounds like you have that same basic feeling. Right. Well, you know, there's a lot of fun out there to be had. I, I think that it just depends on what you're wanting and how it works for you at the time. I mean, if I'm if I'm busy writing, you know, you know, three books of my own, sure. I'm not, I'm not going to come in and do something well, of else. Not. And, and the timing has to be right. And and you know, there's a lot of people. There are a lot of people out there that are are absolutely hungry to be. They, they absolutely want to write for the big two. That is their end goal. Um, I love the idea of doing it, but it's that's secondary to, to my other goals. Um, you know, I I like making my own things. I like owning my own things. Sure. You know, we in the beauty we have wrecked the world and and kind of t- and stepped over here and told other stories in it. We've uh, you know we've killed characters that that are beloved. We've done you know we've done things that we we've done everything exactly the way we wanted to do it. You know uh, I told a non-linear story in that. You know um, in the realm we have characters that already even with the first issue people love. And I'm so going to kill the hell out of them. Um, it's it's going to happen. I'm going to break hearts. Uh, and and that's that's just the way those stories go. Um, and there's, like you said, you know, there's there's not that oversight. There's not, you know, we do things the way we're going to do them. You know, we're gonna. It's not working by committee. And I think that when you're writing stories at Marvel and DC, that's the game you sign on for. Right. Like, like don't don't throw a fit because you're told, I'm sorry. You know, look. You know, Spider-Man would not eat someone's face off. You know, it's like, well, don't pitch a story about Spider-Man eating somebody's face off. That's just not gonna. Sure. That's you know. Do your thing over here your way, and then if you go and tell a big two story, understand that that's, you know, you have to do it the right way. Well, there's a set of rules. Right, right. I understand. Absolutely, man. Well, um, again, give us the timeline of, of when th- what what's coming out and when. So we've got two issues right now. Has issue two of The Realm come out? I've, you guys gave me the opportunity to read the first two issues already. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Everybody's gonna be jealous of you right now. Uh, clearly, for that. Uh, <laughs> so you're gonna get lots of lots of hey, spoil this for me emails. I'm, I'm used to the hey. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, issue two comes out October 18th. Great. So in 18 days, right? October first. Yes, today? we're on October first right now. Yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so uh, that's gonna be out then, and we're on a monthly schedule with it. I am currently. Deep into number five, great on the oh, artwork. That's great, man. Uh, we are writing issues six and seven right now. Fantastic! Um, I'm so excited about issue six. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. But will that be included in the first trade, or is it the first issue? After uh, the first no, trade? no. Uh, one through five is the first trade. Okay. Um, we we kind of wanted to. Uh, 
with issue six, we're we're following. It's still in the timeline. You know, we're, this is a very straight story. It's just okay. You know, it's, it's there's not a lot of flashing digression. Well, there's some flashing back at points, but like there's not a lot of digression. We're not going to do an entire issue that takes place years before or anything. Right, right Got now. It. Okay. Um, but it follows two fan favorite characters from issue. You know, people are already very very excited about. Uh, Ben, uh, the masked man from the from the end of the the first issue, uh, and Rook, our helmeted character. She's our little. She's like a cat, kind of. She's a lot of fun. But uh, we're gonna follow the two of them, and it's gonna be fun for just uh, them chasing off after somebody doing a thing. Um, but that's gonna be issue six, uh, and issue seven's just gonna jump right back into the main story. Um, but uh, you know, I'm. I'm planning on drawing every single issue of the book. Sure. I, I, I don't want to take a break. I'm, I'm probably pushing myself at times too much with this, but there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of drawing that goes into this book. But I love it. So yeah, October 18th on that issue, uh, on, or sorry, on issue two, uh, and then like I said, I can't remember the exact date for the next arc of the Beauty, uh, but it's it's uh, late October, early November. Okay. It's coming right up. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and uh, other, now again, we mentioned the signing tour. Other conventions for the end of the year or is New York the last show for the year? Uh, I'm doing New York. I'm doing a little, in November, I'm doing a little show in Conway, Arkansas. Okay. It's a little library con. Nice. Comic Conway. Excellent. Uh, I, I like those library cons. Me too, man. I, you know, uh, no, that's where you're getting the new readers. The, he, truly. It's, it's, it really is. And, you know, Libraries are really important. They're going through a, a change and a transition. And they're doing things, you know, right now they are excited about the medium. They they get it, you know. Yes, they do. Uh, I've had more librarians come up to me and talk to me about the beauty. And I'm like, you know, it's kind of like a, a torrid little a little book and they're like no that's exactly you know that's we, why they like we, it yeah we have we have an audience that loves that that's and, excellent and they understand comic books for kids they understand comic books for teens they understand comic books for adults and they know how to push it and it's it's a it's a great little thing and uh, I love these little library cons they're 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 uh, they're small but they they are making a big difference I just did one in Springfield Missouri and uh, it was fantastic. It no, was a good time. Completely agree. I went to the ALA convention here in Chicago in June, yeah. and it was great to see the librarians and also the publishers and them. And it's just like me at a Diamond Summit, where I try to be a fly on the wall and kind of listen in on the conversations and not not take away the publisher's time talking to me if there's a librarian that's waiting to talk to him. Because, yeah, man, just like a local store, they're on the front lines. They are supporting the product and getting them in the hands of new readers. And you're right, in all ages, and they get it. Yeah. And it's and it's really, really, I, I, again, as I'm sure you had the same experience growing up, you know, libraries were a huge part of our childhoods and uh, need to be. And that's, you know, I'm, I, I worry, as much as I love the convenience of digital books and things like that, I don't want the library system to go away. And I'm so glad that they are investing in these live events and making the library more of a salon right. and, and, and a place for us to all get together and share what we love about books beyond just checking them out individually. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, in Java. We just got a brand new library, and they are looking at it the exact same way as a salon, as a place, uh, a great meeting place, a 
you know, and sharing ideas, introducing ideas. I mean, yeah, yeah. And well, and, and, and having good talks, and, yep. and you know, um, you know, I think the opposite side of the comics are dying thing is that this is the best time for for, for all sorts of media, whether it's you know. Uh, uh, my my friend Alex Cretion, you know, he's a novelist, and uh, you know, proof wasn't proof is uh, yeah yeah proof, yeah. I was going to say I wanted to, I wanted to confirm that I remember that people might remember proof, a wonderful book. Yeah, it was it was great. He, he and Riley Rossimo worked on that, yes. and then they did Rasputin recently for Image Comics was about two years ago, I think. Okay, yeah, um, and you know, obviously. Both just Riley and and Alex are great, they're great talents. But um, you know, right now uh, Alex is working primarily primarily as a novelist, and you know everybody's saying Prince dead, Prince dead, and it's not. It's sure. it's it is. You know what? There, there is there is new stuff all the time, and and as a novelist, you know he he reads voraciously and is constantly turning us on to new good stuff that's out there and uh, it just has to find its audience and people are hungry for it you know people you know um, people like niche things uh, I'm going to do a quick aside but take it for a second but like you know um, one of the things that I did when we were building the marketing for the realm was uh, I had the opportunity to work with some friends of mine uh, Luke Schaefer from the band Me Like Bees and uh, Me Like Bees is, uh, they're indie darlings, really. They, 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 um, they're, uh, uh, you know, an indie band from, from Joplin, from the Midwest, kind of Kansas City-centric area. But they're wonderful. And uh, whenever, you know, I'd known them for years, and I was originally going to do a, a tour poster for them, and we kind of talked, ah. we talked about it, and uh, the timing wasn't quite right, Uh there wasn't enough time to get it done and, and published in time for what they were wanting to do. Uh, you know, I had kind of an ambitious, fun idea for what I was wanting to do for it. And so that didn't work out. But later we said, you know, we got to work together. You know, we're guys from a small town. we gotta, we got to do something. And we kept saying that over and over again, you know. Oh, I, you know, and it was always like me drawing something for them. And then the realm, I was starting work on the realm, and, I, and we were talking about it again. We were having a drink, and... and uh, doing the, hey, we should work together thing. And I was like, well, actually, I'm I got this new comic book that I'm making. Would you want to do, like, a, a opening credits TV show kind of theme song for it? And he's like, yeah, sure, absolutely. So, he stepped away, wrote this song, The River Divides, and uh, it was everything that I kind of wanted this song. Like, you know, I imagined in my head, like, a Netflix TV series, what the theme song would be, or, or a, uh, a you know an HBO show or an Amazon show, um, and it's the River Divides. It's this thing that he wrote, and so we hit it off, and we decided we were going to do it, and then immediately after that, they were like, "Well, how about an EP rather than just a single?" Wow! And uh, so we decided we were going to do five songs, one that's released with each issue of the realm uh, we got a thing in the back of the comic book for it uh, you can go to realmcomic.com and stream it for free uh, the river divides you can watch on or so you can listen to it on iTunes you can buy it on iTunes right now and then um, 
we had so much fun with it. I ended up directing the music video for the the, the River Divides, and uh, that was a whole experience. It was a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, took a long time. It took about a month of just you know fitting schedules together. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, a lot of you know took in, in between tour dates. I'm sure for the band. Right, right, it, exactly that. We. We worked around tour dates. Uh, they had a small tour right in the middle of between the shoot and the reshoot. Uh, but we edited the whole thing and and got it together. And, and I love the process of making that. I love, you know, taking it back to, like, the excitement over things right now. The excitement. You know, people, you know, yes, you can get digital music. Yes, you can do that. But we're actually talking right now about doing a special edition release of the first trade of of the beauty sorry of the, of the realm uh, doing a special edition release that is maybe a hardcover of, of that first arc with like a, a vinyl like a like a the full oh, full EP because people love that stuff we absolutely you know, and and uh, that excites us uh, we're at least going to whenever the trade comes out be definitely releasing the, the EP digitally and, uh, and on CD, but I'm really pushing for this uh, hardcover and uh, vinyl combo. I think that it could be a big deal. That's fantastic, and you uh, showed me the video, and as I told you, it was, uh, and I mean this in the best possible way, it was very Logan-esque, oh, because you. it is that post-apocalyptic kind of world, and uh, no, it's a great companion to the realm, and I, and I think that's a great idea. I know... Uh, Jeff Lemire uh, collaborated with, and I forget his name, and it's terrible, but uh, the guy from Poydock Pondering up in Canada and stuff, and they did a very serious, real-world subject about uh, the indigenous people of Canada that uh, had, were subjected to some pretty harsh uh, things, and uh, one story in particular, and it was it was amazing, and, you know, the guy from Poydog wrote beautiful music to it, and Jeff Jeff did the comic, and it's it's incredible. So, no, and I, and I do, I love... I love this intersection between music and comics. And Jesse Blaze Snyder did a bunch of really inventive songs with his uh, Black Light. Was it Black Light District? I forget the. Sorry, Jess, I forget the name of his uh, arc of individual stories. But he wrote some really great songs for that. He created some interesting videos with the art. Phil Hester, I know, was one of the artists that he used for that whole thing. So it's. I think that's really creative, inventive. It puts your both of your audiences together, and hopefully, it turns some readers into uh, fans of uh, the bees. Forgive me. Uh, me. Me like bees. Me like bees, and and some me like bees fans might become Jeremy Han uh, comic fans too. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, and it's just. Ultimately, it's also just damn good music, you know. It, yeah, it's, man. No, they're a it, great band. They, they, they really brought the rock and roll to this. I can't wait for people to read or to listen to the second, the second song that'll be out the same day as as issue two. Uh, it's called uh, uh, "Long Gone," and it's just, it is, it is fun, scratchy rock and roll. I love it. Very cool. We'll put up the uh, the link for the, the the YouTube video for the first song and everything up in the post for the podcast as well. But uh, dude, nice going. As I always say, continued success. Keep up the great work, and uh, I appreciate you uh, letting me uh, behind the curtain sometimes to get the inside dope on uh, this stuff, and also sharing it with the Word Balloon uh, listeners as well. So uh, keep up the good work, Jeremy Hahn. I think you're kicking ass. Oh, thanks, brother. Appreciate it. That's Jeremy Hahn. I hope you enjoyed today's uh, conversation. I hope you pick up. Uh, the Realm, now on sale from Image, and also The Beauty. And uh, Jeremy's got some great stuff coming up, man. I'm so proud of him. I, uh, You know, Jeremy, B. Claymore, uh, 
I'm trying to think of that first year. Jeff Parker, the you know, um, certainly Bendis and Rucka, but they kind of came later on. Jeremy was one of those first guys that I really uh, became good friends with uh, on the comic book scene, and I really loved his art. And I'm I really, man, I, I think about it now, 12 years later, where he is and, and Clay and Seth Peck and all of these guys, Seeley and Norton and stuff, it, it really felt like I, I've, you know, watched them grow and, and become big, you know, important players in comics. And it's been a pleasure being on the ride with them. And I, uh, I really do uh, appreciate that they still like what I do and are still willing to come back and, and uh, be my friends. And that's wonderful because it's, uh, it's a great community. And uh, I'm happy, happy to be adjacent to it. I always like to say I'm not, uh, I'm not, it's just like with sports. I always used to say I'm not, in, I don't work in sports, but I, I cover sports. I don't work in comics. I cover comics. And I hope you enjoy this coverage that we're uh, bringing you here at Wordballoon.com and uh, now on the Blog Talk Radio Network. And, uh, man, there's just nothing but uh, blue skies ahead. And I know I sound like a Pollyanna saying it, but I mean it. Uh, it's, it's really been an incredible year. Uh, in a lot of ways, and and coming out of the ashes of what was a very rough end to 2016 for me, um, you know, it's uh, things are looking up, and I see momentum, and you guys are a part of it, and women, and I thank you for listening to Word Balloon, supporting Word Balloon, uh, even through simply listening. You're all part of the League of Word Balloon listeners, and I uh, appreciate that support. Word Balloon today was brought to you by the League. Thank you again. If you want to subscribe to Word Balloon, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash wordballoon. And uh, if you click on the Patreon ad at wordballoon.com or go to that URL, that's how you can subscribe to Word Balloon. If you can spare it, if you think Word Balloon is worth your while and uh, we've been giving you decent uh, coverage and interesting entertainment, then I I hope you'll join us here at wordballoon.com. Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com, where you can look at things like Weapons of Mutant Destruction. This is an interesting little uh, combination of uh, Weapon X and the Totally Awesome Hulk. This uh, covers Weapons of Mutant Destruction Alpha, uh, the Weapon X run of uh, issues 5 and 6, and then uh, the Totally Awesome Hulk from 20 to 22. It's written by Greg Pak and uh, drawn by Mahmoud Ansar. Uh, and I'm sure I'm saying, uh, or uh, well, yeah, Mahmoud. I want to say I'm saying it right. He's one of my guys. I haven't seen him in a while. Every time I go by his uh, table at cons, he's too busy, so I don't want to bug him. But uh, this is uh, a gorgeous book and a really great story. 144 pages. It's 45% off. Nine dollars and 89 cents. You can get Injustice Two hardcover, volume one. Tom Taylor is back on Injustice, where he belongs. Uh, at one time, and this was the best Justice League book out there. I don't think the quality is diminished. I think, luckily, the other Justice League books have regained their stature. And now Injustice stands alongside proudly the other uh, great Justice League stories. But this, of course, really, really exciting. Uh, what, a, what a great alternate universe take on the DC universe. The game is great, and it's always good when the comics are almost as good as the game. I mean, the game is its own thing. But uh, that's because of Tom Taylor, and in this arc, of course, uh, Bruno Redondo. It's uh, Injustice 1 through 6, the first six issues of the new volume. Uh, It's 42% off, $14.49. Is there any other? uh, I want to see if we can get some other uh, indie books in there. There's uh, Golgotha from uh, Top Cow. Our buddy Matt Hawkins, uh, Brian Hill doing the art. Uh, This is, uh, let's see here. 
In the near future, a group of scientists and military operatives are sent on an interplanetary mission to develop Earth's first off-world colony. I would imagine trouble ensues. 128 pages for this. Uh, it is 42% off, $9.85. You know, we got to get uh, Matt Hawkins back on Word Balloon and talk about some new stuff with him. But these are just some of the great books that are on sale right now at InStockTrades.com. Don't forget, if your orders are $50 or more, you'll receive free shipping. They make it easy because they give you great books at great prices. InStockTrades.com. Thanks for listening to Word Balloon. Thanks again for uh, you listening to the commercials, and uh, I really appreciate it. There's one more coming up at the end of this show. But uh, we'll be back in a couple days with a new episode of Word Balloon. Until then, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2017. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.